Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Well, we don't let friends feed kibble now, do we? Hey, um, are you talking to somebody about getting their dog on a raw diet? Well, if you'd like our help, just have them come over to our site and get on our chat um, when they go onto the website, raw dog food and company, there's a chat button. If they will go there or if they will go to the contact page and fill out the I'm overwhelmed button, we will get right back to them. And that way they can tell, um, us their dog's issues and what they're currently feeding and, um, maybe what their apprehensions are. We can do that all for you. Just send them over to rawdogfoodandco.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and get your friends to subscribe as well. We give out lots of information. We're on Apple, we're on Podbean, we're on Blog Talk. We post these on Twitter under our account there every day. We're also on Truth Social. And uh, next month, we'll be in a lot of other places as well. So got lots of good things coming your way this 2023. Remember, if you have questions that you would like answered here on the podcast, go to our contact page and fill out that information and uh, we will answer it here with one of our experts, Dr. Jason Neely Piazza, myself, or Dr. Andy Harper. Um, okay, everybody, I want to talk to you a little bit today about uh, more information that's coming out of um, Dr. Connor Brady's book. Dr. Connor is a PhD, uh, so he's not a vet, but he took 10 years to write this book, and he's got lots of great information in here, and it's stuff that I, I'm going to look at often and pass your way, because it's a 500-page uh, book, and Frankly, today, I don't think that people like to read too much. It can't be over so many characters or they just zone out. So I'm going to help you um, with that. <laughs> I'll just read it to you. I'll read some stuff to you. Um, all right. So I want to talk to you today about the corporate influence of the veterinary sector. Okay. And there are two big players that deserve um, your time and attention. That is Colgate Malive, Colgate Palmolive, and Mars. Now you wouldn't think that they'd be in the dog food business, but they are one of the biggest players in that market. Um, and they they use some pretty powerful weapons um, to get you to buy their products. So I want to kind of relay that information to you today. But you guys need reliable information. And in order to make your decisions, right? And that's what you think you're getting when you are out there uh, searching for dog food and reading the labels and all that jazz. But um, the pet food multinationals, they know um, what you're looking for. They're listening and they're going to formulate their information 
um, to get you to buy their product. Okay. And so this is why their main goal is to thoroughly own and distribute the information that you, yes, you, the consumer receives. So their approach uses some tried and tested methods. And these methods were invented and perfected and used by big tobacco, uh, by big oil, drug, and junk food companies. Okay. So all of these guys, they've figured out what you want and they figured out how to get in your head and get you to um, get you to buy the product. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is it? Well, step one is they need to own the knowledge centers. They own the knowledge centers. How do they do that? Well, they do that through cash incentives or outright buyouts. Now you've heard Dr. Jason and I talk extensively about um, how they go in and buy out these veterinary clinics, right? They're going to, they're going to control the narrative. We all know a lot about controlling the narrative after these last couple of years, but this is the way they do it. They own the knowledge centers. Number two, they produced and they produce vast volumes of information, ideally in the form of studies, quote unquote, to corroborate their claims and bolster their agenda. Remember, we talked about the whole grain, uh, your dog's uh, need grains, they don't need grains, they need grains, they don't need grains, and they they produce these phony studies or bolstered studies um, so that they would move the people in the direction of the agenda of, of their liking. So we got step one, they're going to own the knowledge centers, and then they're going to produce the information. And then step three is they're going to disseminate these agendas through both industry, and I love this word that he says, and he says, um, cloaked mouthpieces through cloaked mouthpieces. That's like, you know, some of the doctors and the experts that we saw and we've seen and they know it all and blah, blah, blah. And then number four. I love number four. You guys listen up. Number four, this is how they get you to do what they want you to do. They deny, deny, deny until the weight of scientific and public opinion is so great. It is no longer profitable to the company to hold its position. So in Dr. Brady's book in the section corporate influence in the veterinary sector, this is in the late 1970s, Colgate, can't say that word. Colgate Palmolive struck on marketing gold. How'd they do that? Well, they did it by paying dentists to recommend their toothpaste, something that somewhat remarkably hadn't been thought of until that time. But by the early 1980s, Colgate toothpaste had dominated the market, making them a lot of cash. Uh, so flushed with this success, what did they do? Well, Colmate, Col- I, I, I don't know. Do, do I just not like them that much that I can't even say their name? That's probably it. Um, but Colgate Palmolive then 
decided to turn its focus on the vets to recommend their pet food lines. And in their article in the Wall Street Journal titled, For You, My Pet, Why the Veterinarian Really Recommends That Designer Chow, Colgate Gives Doctors Treats for Plugging Its Brands. And when they do that, they see their sales surge. So we go back to the question, what is that industry built on? What are industries built on? It's built on owning the knowledge centers, producing the information via studies to corroborate their particular claims so that their agenda can be moved forward. Then they disseminate those agendas through the industry and cloaked mouthpieces, which are, you know, quote unquote, the experts. And then they deny, deny, deny any, you know, I I would say they deny any kind of um, adverse effects, (laughs) adverse events. uh, And they do that until the weight of scientific and public opinion is so great, it's no longer profitable to the company to hold its position. So we see that going on right now out here with the COVID jab, right? Deny, deny, deny until, you know, they can no longer deny, but they're going to deny as long as they can, because the longer they deny, the more profitable it is. But he goes on to say, for their approach, Colgate Palmolive, for their approach to be truly successful, they first needed what? They needed a great brand of pet food. Um, because, you know, building a brand is difficult. It's expensive. Um, and they want to use their vast cash reserves to purchase established companies because that's the quickest an easiest route to market. So what they're looking around for, they're looking around for an established company and then they're going to buy that company and use that position that they've developed in the market where people trust them, a brand that's already out there, and then they're going to take that over and start their own agenda. Uh, The Mark Morris Institute was a company with a long history in uh, pet food research, development, and education. And they also owned, yep, Hill's Science Diet, a pet food so scientific that it has the word science in the title. That's his words, not mine. But he says, now this was a brand vets might be able to get behind. But this company uh, had more than just a well-branded pet food. In 1987, and we're going to call them the MMI, and that is for, again, let me just flip back and make sure I got that name right. Uh, That is for the Mark Morris Institute, MMI. I'm just going to refer to that as MMI uh, from now on. But um, they had published the Small Animal Clinical Nutrition. Uh, It's in its fifth edition. And today is the mainstay of small animal nutrition for the world's vets. It's edited by a plethora of highly qualified vets and is packed with thousands of references. And yet, while protein is only 20% and carbohydrates are 50 to 60%, oh my gosh, uh, the most important 
um, uh, uh, ingredients in this constitutes uh, cereal-based pet food. And uh, we know what that means. Um, But they say that the evidence used to support um, some of their more worrying stances is all but absent in this particular uh, published small animal clinical nutrition guide. And in that guide, it makes statements like starch levels found in commercial cat foods up to 35% of foods are well tolerated. Well, what does that mean? I'm 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 not going to quote the book right now. I'm going to ask this question. What does that mean? That that cats can eat up to 35% of starch that's tolerated? Yeah, we don't see that. I mean, if you're starving an animal, I guess they're going to eat whatever they can, but um but anyway, in this particular book, they use this statement without any single reference that would support that point of view. And he goes on to say in their all too brief section on protein, it makes the following unreferenced, okay? Again, we don't have any reference, but it makes the statement that it is important to note that the AAFCO recommendation should be interpreted as daily allowances, not as absolute minimum requirements. And this is despite the Association of American Feed-Controlled Officials, which is called AAFCO, stating that they are, in fact, exactly that, minimum requirements. The minimum requirements that they state are 18% crude protein for adults, 22.5% for a puppy. And he goes on to say that most worryingly, nowhere in this huge colossal nutritional menu, which is 1300 plus pages, does it discuss the importance of fresh biologically appropriate ingredients for dogs or cats? Wow. What a freaking shocker. What a shocker. So what did Colgate Palmolive do? Well, in 1988, they just bought those suckers. They bought MMI and then Uh, they begin to focus their attentions on the veterinary departments of the universities. They offered cash-starved universities generous financial donations in return for the veterinary endorsements. They did product placements and allowed them to distribute their nutritional information, such as that unreferenced small animal clinical nutritional document, um, they allowed them to distribute that to all the veterinary students. And guess what? Within one year, they had made a large financial con- con- uh, contribution to all 27 veterinary universities, uh, their veterinary departments in the United States. They made huge donations to all 27 of these departments in the United States um, and the global marketing and sales senior vice president of Colgate Palmolive said this, the bulk of our expenditure goes to the veterinary community. Bada bing, bada boom. So you guys may be thinking, wow, we're 
getting these referrals to feed this type of food that has really no scientific or substantiated scientific research behind it. As a matter of fact, we would say that um, everything is backwards that they say and that they push, but hey, their sales went wild. Their sales skyrocketed. So that's how they do it. And if you want to look around, just take a look today at all of the different sponsorships at uh, the University Veterinary Department website pages. And I bet you're going to see a Hills sponsorship um, in his book, Dr. Brady does say that sometimes that that link to the sponsorships can be hard to find. So an easier way is to Google, Google your vet department of choice with the words in quotation, Hills Pet Nutrition, um, or call the veterinary department and ask them what dry food brands do they stock in their waiting rooms? And uh, Dr. Brady said, well, the answer is rarely more than one. So the recommendation, the recommendations for your pet health uh, food, uh, for your pet's health in the food department is not coming from any body of people, of nutritionists that are sitting around and, and looking and observing the animals and seeing how their skin is, how their joints are, and running all these tests. No, 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 no. No, they're just based on someone's agenda. And I think that that four-step agenda it can be applied to just about anything as it has been in the drug industries, in the oil industries, and we certainly saw it in the last couple of years in the COVID industry, right? Even still pharmaceutical industry, but they designed, uh, they controlled the information. They did pay cash incentives to doctors to write down um, that this person died of COVID or to incubate them or do whatever they did. But those were incentivized. And I think that when we are set up that way, um, where the person who is providing the information is also incentivizing other people to push that brand, and those people aren't looking at really what's in that brand, they just are looking at the money. We've got a, we've got a very, very serious situation on our hands. So you've heard us talk about this for years, years, and years. Uh, now I'm going to give you even more ammunition for your brain and for your heart and for your confidence uh, so that you can make the best decisions for your dogs. Um, there's no way, it's not possible that a dog is going to be healthy on 50 to 60% sugar. And again, they are controlling how that information is coming down. They're controlling the narrative. And if they get one university um, to start talking about something, um, that can take hold in the market. But they've got all the universities. So I'm not really sure how we're ever going to be able to trust um, our eyes and our ears again. I think it's it's on us. So we have to learn to trust ourselves and look at the the, the health of your pet. And again, it's really simple. 
Keep the toxins, the poisons out of your dog. Feed them what they were created to eat. Stop the worrying about the bacteria for Pete's sakes. How many people don't wash their hands when they go to the bathroom, right? Your hands are probably dirty. You're going to the bathroom than they're going to be when you're feeding a raw diet. Clean up. Just naturally clean up. It's not like you have to disinfect the house with some, you know, Clorox bomb. That would be ridiculous. Um. But that's a narrative that's out there, right? Let's scare, let's scare you. And and again, if you see something that's scary, right? Remember that typically that stuff is planted that way because if you're scary, your logical thinking, your critical thinking uh, shuts down. You will not make the best choices for you and your pets. You just won't or your family. So we have to get out of that fear, step back. Don't be afraid to question, push back. And you're going to have, a lot more um, confidence in yourself to be able to take that next step, that next step, and that next step. But again, if you need help with um, your own pet's diet, you're looking to switch over to a raw diet, please come over and see us at Raw Dog Food and Company. If you have somebody that has questions, certainly turn them on to the podcast. Um, We give out so much information. It's incredible. We are going to start having uh, more webinars this year and doing a lot more things for you. Uh, listeners out there, especially those in Canada, in the other areas that are not um, able to buy uh, the food that we provide because we can't ship it that way. Um, So we are going to have a lot more things for you. So stay tuned. This year's flying by though, isn't it? Just where's January going? All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.